Welcome to the weekly service podcast, Stories with Heart, where we explore the unique tales we all have to tell about this human life and how we might grow towards a truly thriving society. This podcast is generously supported by our members, and the stories were first told at the weekly service, a Melbourne-based secular community group, bringing connection, ritual and meaning back into our lives. Michelle Morgan has spent years building a creative practice and studying and working as an art therapist, and she now works in something called clinical pastoral care, offering non-religious spiritual support to patients in two major Melbourne hospitals. Today, Michelle shares stories of moments of showing up with people in hospital and also for herself through creativity. She sees creativity as a spiritual practice and believes that it can help us all feel more connected with ourselves, with others, and something beyond. This service was curated by weekly service member Sam Shaw. As part of her story, Michelle shared some images of mandalas she created during a year-long daily art practice. You can see these images on the weekly service website under Stories. I think I just want to name that I'm showing up with a really nervous belly. And I've also got a bit of a cold. <laughs> I have been tested. I don't have the COVID. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, at the moment, um, I have a few different kind of aspects going in my life. I have a private practice where I'm offering um, art therapy sessions and I do that online at the moment. And then I work at two different hospitals, one public and one private. Um, and so that means showing up in scrubs in the morning, um, checking the patient lists, um, getting referrals from my manager, um, and then heading out to the wards to um, offer emotional and spiritual support to patients um, in the hospital. And it's a particularly tricky time because there are no visitors in the hospital, so people who are you know, particularly the long-termers, they haven't seen their family for a really long time. And so our role, pastoral and spiritual care, um, is to be there and to listen and to catch stories um, of how that is, that lived experience of being in hospital and, and what that means for someone. Um, yeah. So I, I am also, yeah, I'm, I'm an arts therapist as well. So sometimes I'm able to bring some art therapy in those encounters. Um, I think I'll, I'll share some some kind of snapshot encounters of um, some patients that I've met with just to give you a little bit of a kind of view into um, a day in the life <laughs> of a spiritual care practitioner. Um, these have been de-identified, so I've changed details of the stories um, to maintain confidentiality um, so I'll just I'll share some stories with you so um, I had a referral to see Alma and I show up and she's a tiny frail woman in her 90s who has pneumonia and she's starting to get better um, I say hi Alma how are you she says I'm, I'm not great I'm stuck in this little box. It's like I'm in a coffin already. She jokes that funeral directors should be advertising on the curtains surrounding her bed, saying that they'd have a captive audience. 
She talks about the downsides of ageing, the changes in her body and her recent move to aged care. She asks me suddenly, which church are you with? And I reply, I'm not with a church. She looks confused and asks again, which denomination are you? And I reply, I don't have one. I'm part of the spiritual care team here at the hospital and my spirituality is connected to creativity and to nature. Do you have a faith? She says, yes, I'm Anglican. She tells me about her relationship with her faith. She tells a long story about the dissipation of her congregation and the shutting down of her local church. She describes the leaves blowing in the wind at the church because no one sweeps them up anymore. And then she talks about her funeral plans. She says she's ready to go. I feel grateful to have met this bold woman who's facing her death with such clarity. Um, Her humour and her wit and her boldness really stayed with me. So that's one moment in a day. Another moment. This is a series of moments, actually. Alan is in the rehab ward, but his malignant cancer means he's unlikely to go home. His bedside table is layered with delicate, mindful colouring designs that some of my team have given him in the past. He has sets of incredible markers. It looks like hundreds of colours. As we sit and chat, he shares wry, obtuse comments. I feel a little off centre, but stay with him, curious. At some point, he invites me to join him in creating. I get some watercolour paint and begin. He talks about how he erases the mistakes in his mindful colouring. He describes his process in detail. He goes on and on about how he can erase these mistakes in his image making. And in my head, I'm thinking cancer is cellular mistakes or thinking that mistakes are harder to deal with in life. I reflect aloud, I imagine it's satisfying to be able to erase the mistakes so easily on the page. Our encounter draws to a close. He gazes into space, contemplative, and then says, this has been productive. I gift him the image that I've made and he asks me to hang it on the curtain rail. The artwork is still there two weeks later. He says, I remember you. This time he doesn't want to colour. He says, that's a normal thing to do. Things aren't normal. I struggle to find words. I reflect back what I've heard and offer compassionate presence in silence with him. I feel a sense of awkward futility. A week later, I'm nervous to visit again. I take a moment, I pause, and then I step into the room. I let him know. Oh, sorry. He welcomes a chat and says, I'm going on Monday. Please remember me. I let him know that I'll remember him, that the time we've spent together was important. He reaches out both arms in a hug gesture and I have to decline. COVID, I say uselessly, seeing the hurt in his eyes. It's painful to say goodbye. A third moment. Um, I often check in with the nurse in charge when I arrive at awards. Um, Who do you think might need some pastoral support or emotional support today? So in this moment, the nurse says, Bob, it's a bit low today. Big believe you could visit. I knock at the door. Hi, Bob. I'm Michelle. I'm with the pastoral care team. How are you today? As Bob talks about his admission, the fifth for this year, he begins to cry. He says he's hit rock bottom. He's frustrated that he can't get home yet. He says his nephew keeps trying to cheer him up, but he just wants to wallow. I stay with him, sitting alongside, reflecting back what I've heard, asking open questions to invite further sharing. We sit together for about 40 minutes and towards the end he says, 
Thanks so much for listening. It's been good to get this off my chest. A week later, I visit and I ask, how are you today? His eyes are bright and he looks poised to leap from the bed. I'm good, thanks, about to go home. I'm looking forward to seeing my garden again and my dogs. Great to hear you're headed home. He says, yes, I hope I don't see you again. No offence. <laughs> None taken. I totally get it. It's not the first time I've heard that, by the way. <laughs> we laugh together. I'm so grateful for all the care that I've received here. The staff is so wonderful. Thank you for being with me the other day. So these are just some of the kind of encounters. Um, like every time I show up to someone's door, I have no idea, no idea um, what's going to be present for the person and how our conversation will go. Um, yeah, it's an incredible practice of trust in the process and courage ongoingly, um, particularly for those yeah, there, there are some tough conversations that happen. I have to be able to stay present and open and curious and, um, yeah, trust in, in the toolkit that I bring. Mm. That's a little bit of a snapshot just to get a sense of spiritual care. Thank you so mm. much, Michelle. Mm. Um, I totally feel that courage um, that you must have not knowing what to expect um, when you walk into a room. I'm wondering what do you, when you're preparing to go in for work for the day or before you enter a room, what things do you do that support you to step in there and be present with those moments? Mm. Yeah. I think there's a few things. Um, when we're not, in kind of full COVID world, which we are at the moment, we usually, one of my hospitals, we gather in the sacred space in the morning and we have a reflection process. So that's usually 15 minutes and different team members will facilitate something, um, a ritual, a prayer, a meditation, some kind of arts process. Um, and so there's that sense of um, being part of a team, doing this work together. Mm. Um and you know, often there's a moment where we make prayers for for people in the hospital and for their families. Um, and there's also a moment of kind of inviting the grace of um, the sacred to to move with us as as we move through the hospital. And I, I'll do that prayer for myself as well um, before I head out. Just make a moment to kind of go, okay. Particularly if I'm having a hard day, like if I'm premenstrual or a bit run down. Um, I'll kind of say, okay, I need to show up and I need some support in this. So please work through me and, you know, um, send me to where I'm most needed um, in, in the moment. And, yeah, that feels like it gives me a sense of connection to something bigger than myself. I feel like a lot of the stories and a lot of the experiences that I'm encountering are bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I guess prayer and 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 connection yeah. mm. so helps me to go out into the day and to meet those moments of uh, fear or awkwardness or mm. yeah. yeah the messiness of life <laughs> yeah so much messiness and particularly in hospital oh my gosh <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> mm. and I think that sort of leads me to the 
the next thing that I'm really curious about, which is, um, I mean, doing this work of showing up in these spaces with other people, um, to me, sounds like such um, a, an effort of staying present and an, an emotional labour, which it definitely is. And so I'm wondering how how you nourish yourself with your creativity and what helps you move through these difficult experiences or just experiences like COVID or tough days? Um, so I am a multimodal creative and creativity has always been a way for me to kind of process my experience, my lived experience. Um, I live with premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like PMS all ramped up. It's um, can be really full on at times. And um, so creativity, journaling, making visual art, um, dance, um, have been incredible supports in that. Um, last year I started work at the hospitals in March and May. And so it was just as COVID was starting and it was so bizarre to kind of begin in this time of pandemic. <laughs> um, and last year also I had a lot of fear and, I, you know, there was a really big chunk of time where I just didn't touch anyone for, like, months. Um, my usual ways of uh, nourishment when accessible, I couldn't go to a dance class. I couldn't be, you know, on the open floor dance floor or... Um, Gathering, gathering with friends and having fun. And um, so what emerged last year was um, a creative project that I was able to, um, that saw me through most of the year actually. It was based on a number of years earlier. I had done a mandala a day practice where I committed to making a new artwork every day for a year. So I had all these mandalas, you know, 365 plus um, and with some reflection from friends, um, decided to make some of these images into a set of oracle cards. So last year I, you know, was doing writing, um, editing, designing, using how to, learning how to use InDesign. Um, and, yeah, I had a project. I would go and work at the hospitals and then I'd come home and I'd get stuck into my editing uh, or my design work or the Kickstarter campaign, um, and it was such an incredible nourishment to have a project like that, something that was creative and I was learning the whole time and um, felt incredibly in flow in terms of inspiration. The Kickstarter campaign was really easy to do because I was so inspired by the project. That's kind of saw me through the year, really, having that anchor um, to be able to, okay, there's this thing <laughs> that I can come back to that feels nourishing yeah alongside the work at the hospital i'm wondering if you would be interested in sharing some of the mandalas what what would come up in a day for you when you were doing this mandala a day project yeah started doing them i will <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i started just spontaneously i had this feeling that i wanted some kind of spiritual practice again and i was like oh am i gonna just sit on a cushion for 15 minutes a day and it wasn't quite right and then one day i spontaneously made a mandala which is a circle um and that afternoon i think i saw a friend post a mandala and said i'm doing mandalas in may and so she was committing to making a new one every day for a month and i was like oh synchronicity amazing i'll do that too and um at the end of by the end of the month, I was receiving so much richness and nourishment from the practice that I decided to commit to a year 
And I think I was, yeah, I was in a place in my life where I was feeling quite ankleless and lost. I was trying to start my business and it wasn't happening. It was like a lot of stuff just wasn't happening. Um, so, yeah, this was an incredible anchor. So every day I would show up to the page and I would see what happens without any plan. Um, I'll share a few of the uh, mandalas with you. I'd make the mandala and then I would post to Instagram with a little description of my day or description of the process. And that was kind of an accountability thing. I was sharing with community. It was my own practice, but it was in the world as well. So here's one of the mandalas from the 16th of June, 2018. And the um, text that I had written on Instagram for this one. I start with a circle using the compass I bought today. Finally, up to that point, I had been making circles with like plates or bowls or saucepan lids. <laughs> um, and then I mark the degrees using a small protractor. I love how each step unfolds in its own time. I generally have no idea how the mandala will look. I just begin and see where it takes me. These little images teach me about trust, emergence, patience, and attending to the process. Perfection eludes me here, and I notice my striving. I love the symmetry and asymmetry. I feel calm. On the 26th of that month, this evening I've cancelled plans again. I'm feeling run down, need to rest. I'm sitting with the fear of stepping fully into my gifts and into service. I begin with a large circle and pull out a set of paints and brushes. I dip the brushes and let the colours merge across the page. I have no plan. I see a form emerging with outstretched arms or perhaps branches. I add a head and suddenly the form is a person leaning out into a void. They're fearless, leaping into the unknown. At first, I'm not sure if this is courage or recklessness. The warmth of the colour suggests trust and optimism. It feels like a supportive image. Have courage, trust, take a leap. So 10th of July, I arrive home, lay down and wonder how I'll find the energy to create tonight. I feel empty. I'm nothing but a smudge on the page. I rest a while, eat dinner, attend to some tasks. Then I pull out charcoal and let my hand sweep across the page. This is simple, this mark making, without intention except to represent some part of my experiencing. As I complete the image, a deep sigh escapes my body. I feel met. The image is reflection, parched earth, a pathway, a horizon. And then the 20th of September. Oh, weird. Okay. Today's <laughs> the 20th, isn't it? No, it's not. Crazy. Not quite. 18th. <laughs> um, I continue to be surprised by what emerges in this practice day to day. Following the impulse, each colour and line happening with their own logic. I could not have planned this. Most times I try to plan, I end up disappointed that the reality doesn't match the vision. This creative process reflects life. Perhaps I am growing in my capacity to follow the moment with more grace, to turn as needed, to respond to what is here, rather than trying to force the ideas of mind into an already fully existing truth. This is how it is. This is the present. This is what is before me now. So, you know, that practice of um, showing up to the page, 
showing up to the unknown. Like mm. very, very rarely had an idea about what I wanted to create. It was incredible in trusting the process and incredible in trusting creativity and creative spirits. Like how could I possibly fill a circle like 365 different ways? <laughs> Some, yeah, really surprising and wonderful to me. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like incredible gifts came out of that process. There was a whole bunch of other things that opened up in that year. I facilitated a space across the week across a weekend where 700 people came into this space and, and made mandalas. I ran my first solo exhibition. It was amazing. And then the um the Creative Soul Mandala Oracle came out of it uh, a couple of years later. That's so beautiful. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Highly <laughs> recommend having some kind of um creative practice to show up to for a period of time just to yeah, practice that, like showing up moment to moment, seeing what emerges. I pulled this card recently mm. and it's the first card. It's called Anchors. I'll read from my little booklet. Um, sometimes the world feels like it's falling apart, like there's no safe ground to rest upon. The tectonic plates of your world are shifting and moving and knocking together. I don't know if anyone feels that way at the moment <laughs> in a pandemic. In this changing landscape, you need to find yourself anchors. Anchors are simple practices that sustain and centre you. They might also be people that you feel safe with and can check in with regularly. What and who are your anchors when life is full of uncertainty? Do you keep a list of people to reach out to when you're overwhelmed? Write yourself a list of five creative or spiritual practices that anchor you. And then a list of five people that are your most reliable supports. Put the list somewhere that you can find it easily. Practices might be starting the day with five minutes of free movement, 20-minute journaling practice, a gratitude list at the end of the day. Keep showing up to your anchors consistently. Commit to one of those anchors for a week and see what the practice offers you. And if you find the practice nourishing, extend to a month or, or beyond and see what happens. I feel gratitude for that practice of showing up consistently every day for a year and feel like it was kind of a rite of passage or an initiation mm. and it was definitely necessary in my preparation to being able to do the work that I do now. I first trained in spiritual care many years ago. I did a double degree at La Trobe Uni and I did an internship ended up burnt out after that internship and it took me 14 years before I came back and did a second internship mm. and um, felt ready to do the work. So, yeah, I feel like that practice, my, you know, the training I did in art therapy um, was very much aligned as well and um, has become part of my, I don't know, internal landscape and, and what I bring in terms of presence and process. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of gratitude. I woke up this morning with this feeling of gratitude for the work that I can do, even though it's bloody hard a lot. <laughs> it's also like I meet incredible people. I see incredible resilience and adaptability and love and 
um, people introduce me to their pets or like probably 99% of them are dogs, <laughs> photos of dogs on their phones, <laughs> more than I see partners or children or grandchildren. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's quite incredible, um, profound work. And, um, yeah, I'm, this morning I'm really feeling the, the privilege of being able to sit with people in that space. Um, and grateful for the training and mentorship and life experiences that have meant that I'm able to do this work. Thanks for listening to the weekly service podcast, Stories with Heart. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Weekly Service. And if you'd like to support the podcast, feel free to share this episode with a friend, leave us a review on iTunes or make a donation at theweeklyservice.com forward slash donations.